What makes a character unique and memorable? Is a question you might ask when you're animating a character or an object, or maybe you're just watching a show and try to break down a scene or study a character. For a character to be unique and stand out from other talking heads or moving bodies, the viewer first need to be interested and invested in your character. One way to do just that is to add depth to whatever you're animating with the principle of secondary action, as described by Ollie Johnston and Frank Thomas in The Illusion of Life. Secondary action refers to the action that supports and emphasizes the main action to breathe more life into the animation and create a more convincing performance. Or simply, it is the additional action on top of the primary action. Now, although the principle of secondary action and the principle of overlapping action can appear very similar to one another, where both primary and secondary action can seem to occur at the same time, appearing as overlapping action, but conceptually, they are unrelated and are driven by different aspects. Follow-through and overlapping actions are driven by the main or primary action at different timing. Secondary action are the actions that support and emphasize the primary action, but it is not caused by the primary action. Meaning, movement of the hair of the character on screen are overlapping action, which is caused by the head movement. But the hand flick action that highlights her voluptuous features are the secondary action. For this reason, it shouldn't be confused with one another. When secondary action is used effectively, animators can create characters that is not only convincing but also establish a deeper connection and engage on a meaningful level for the viewers to sympathize and root for the character, while also be able to introduce subplot in the animation. This principle can also be used to provide additional context to the situation and reveal personality of a character as well as their emotional and circumstantial state. For example, if the primary action is head nodding, seemingly agreeing to something, having the expression as secondary action change before or after and be seen clearly can suggest several reasons. Is the character agreeing reluctantly because he has to? Or is it because the character truly agrees sincerely? This principle elevates the complexity of the shot by building the character's personality and a sense of identity, which in turn creates familiarity by animating quirks and habit for the character. For this principle to be used effectively, the secondary action should never be in conflict with the primary action. For example, if the secondary action occurs during the middle of a major move or action, it won't be as effective and will go unnoticed. For this reason, it is a good idea for the secondary action to take place before or after the main action, and staged in a way that is obvious and can be seen clearly, even though it is not the main priority. Additionally, if the secondary action dominates the primary action, it no longer can serve as the secondary action and should be replaced with a different action as a subordinary to the main action. In this example, writing as a secondary action takes over the primary action which is the head movement. This defeats the main point of the scene if the scene is to watch whatever is in front of the character. Okay, but you might ask how does this translate to animating in stop motion? If you're animating with a non-custom figure or a limited articulated object, it is important to know all available articulation points as you will want your character or object or subject to carry out multiple actions or complex movement to create familiarity for your viewers. As a practice, you can make a list that separates the primary action, secondary action, and the main idea or the point of the scene. Doing this will reaffirm your understanding of the main idea as well as the point of the scene. 
Next, try to act out the scene for yourself. Alternatively, you can repeat the animation just with the primary action and once again with the secondary action. Once you've done that, if the secondary action of a shot is stripped from the scene, is the primary action still clear? It will likely be less interesting and less watchable, but it should still be clear. If it's not, you can revise and make changes to the list accordingly and focus on the action that communicates the essential idea and works naturally together. This will assure the secondary action will complement instead of distract from the main action. And if a scene or circumstances allows it, utilize props for your characters to handle. There is a reason why actors love to play characters who smoke. Nervously fiddling with a pack of cigarettes or lighting someone else's cigarettes to communicate what they are feeling in that situation. If using props isn't an option, take a page out of director Akira Kurosawa's book. Pick a gesture or a unique way a character moves and use it repeatedly wherever necessary to establish habits. This becomes the character's quirks and core part of its identity. Another way to improve your use of the secondary action is to isolate your animation from other factors such as audio and visual effects to determine its effectiveness. From there, you can decide if the secondary action complements with the primary action or not and if it communicates the character's intention clearer. An effective use of secondary action allows viewer to identify themselves with the character. And that is how you can use the principle of secondary action to hone your stop motion craft and be a better visual storyteller. And when you find an effective secondary action, it will turn motion into emotion. And that's it for this video. As always, I hope this video finds you useful or at least entertaining to watch. If it is, remember to drop a like and get subscribed and ring the notification for when the next video drops. Take care and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.